Welcome to Under the Sisterhood, where we honor female experiences. During each episode, I will have intimate conversations with women of all ages to get under the hood of their individual journeys through womanhood. Together, we'll pursue the many aspects of the female experience, creating a sacred space for women to share their stories, their ideas, and their wisdom. This is a podcast to celebrate women and recognize all that they do in our world. I'm Elizabeth Elfenbein. Let's get under the hood. Today, I'd like to honor and welcome Cindy Gallup. Cindy is a daughter, sister, friend, brand and business innovator, strategist, diversity consultant, speaker, and founder and CEO of Make Love Not Porn. She's a brand and business innovator available for clients who want to seize the opportunity to change the game in their sector and who are looking for radical, breakthrough, innovative, and transformative ways to do so. Her consulting approach can be summarized as, I like to blow shit up. I am the Michael Bay of business. I'm sure she can say it much better. I couldn't be more grateful to be getting under the hood with you today, Cindy. Welcome. Thrilled to be here. I'm just so excited. I've been having really interesting conversations around womanhood and sisterhood and just getting your your point of view is going to be wonderful for women out in the world. Um, so so let's get let's get going if you don't mind. Um, so the first question, um, what does being a woman mean to you, Cindy? Um, <laughs> honestly, um, it means um, not having equality of opportunity. And it, it is a very sad fact of life that quite honestly, you know, while I absolutely champion women everywhere and in every possible capacity, if I, if I, were given the choice, I would absolutely have been born a man because my life would have been so much better on so many fronts. Sad, but true. Wow. Uh, you're the second woman who said that. And the other woman, interestingly, came at it from, she came at it from being um, Asian, LGBT, and a woman. And she, she responded not, she didn't start the conversation with, you know, it's a sad truth in terms of where we are today as women, but, but I couldn't, you know, there's so many aspects of it that even though it's a very simple statement, it's a very multi-layered statement. And so I, I see the truth in that. So I'm not going to really, I, I think that is what it is. I think, but, but, but building on that, what would you say your female experience has been like? And, and obviously you've been around for a while. Um, and what was the second part of that? What has your female experience been? And then at what point would you say you felt like you were a woman? Um, I've, I've, really never, I've really never particularly thought about it, to be frank. I mean, you know, my experience in life has been what it's been. Um, you know, uh, my background is 37 years working in advertising. And something I'm regularly asked in interviews is, so Cindy, what sexism did you encounter in advertising as you were coming up through the ranks? And my response is always, a fish does not know what water is. Sexism was all around me and it was the norm. And so I absolutely didn't notice it. And so, you know, I, I really, you know, I don't think about myself um, as being, you know, I don't focus in on my womanhood beyond the fact that I want to change all of this shit for all of us. And I want to make things better for all of us. And I want to ensure that we all have access to equality of opportunity. And so, you know, that, that is a fundamental part of my life as a woman. 
You know, it's interesting you say that about the female experience. I mean, I grew up with the same thing. It was the norm. I walked in, you know, I left art school, walked into advertising. I put in 35 years in the business. And um, yeah, it was the norm. And it wasn't until I um, started working with women leaders that I realized that this is not the norm and it's not okay. And, you know, and I, and, 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 and I think I was a little bit of a feminist back then because I didn't, I didn't play to it, you know, like it was a quid pro quo type of thing in, in, in my days in the US uh, where, you know, you got promoted based on how you interacted versus um, the equality and the merit of your work. And so I always focused on that, which is a lot harder as a woman to get ahead. So I think that's really interesting. And of course, you know, just watching everything you're doing on behalf of women, um, you are phenomenal that way. It's interesting though, you don't, you really, there was not a moment in time when you were younger where you noticed that you were a woman and you felt anything about that? Um, no, I mean, you know, I, you know, what I would say is that I was enormously lucky in my career, and I was lucky for two reasons. The first is that I was not sexually harassed in a way that ended my career. And by the way, I absolutely was sexually harassed, but I was lucky enough not to have the experience too many women in every industry have had, which is being sexually harassed, being retaliated against, being forced out of the company, being forced out of the industry. So A, I'm very lucky that never happened to me. And B, I'm very lucky because I can count the number of female bosses I've had in my entire advertising career on the fingers of one hand, two. Yikes. And so I was lucky enough to always work for men at every agency I worked at. I was lucky enough to work for men who saw my potential before I did, who wanted me to succeed, who championed me and gave me opportunity. And again, that is not an experience many women have in any industry sector. No, actually it's not. And in particular in advertising, and it's, it's interesting you say that, it's like you had your rabbi. I had a couple of rabbis in my career who helped me in very sexist environments where the other women were doing very well and I just didn't play the game the same way. So I, I totally get that. Um, and I like the fact, Cindy, that you're looking at it through the lens of what being a woman has been like in your business life and how it's defined you or not defined you in comparison, you know, with just the way it is, the sexism. I mean, I think you're dealing with a much bigger issue. So if you went back and had a conversation with 18-year-old Cindy, what would you tell 18-year-old Cindy? You're, you're here today and you have, you're just such a, a, you're an icon in many an industry and you are, um, you speak on behalf of women, you know, across the globe of all ages, of all backgrounds, cultures, and everything. What would you go back and tell your 18-year-old self? That's incredibly easy. Start working for yourself as soon as is humanly possible. You know, I'm, I'm regularly asked if I have any regrets in my career, and I don't. Um, but, you know, if there's anything I regret at all, it's that I did not begin working for myself a damn sight sooner. Because I'm 62, and my generation was told, you go to university, you get a good degree, you get a good job. The whole idea of entrepreneurship was never even conceived of. And, you know, I absolutely now um, believe fundamentally that working for yourself is the only way to be. Too many people make the mistake of thinking that a job is the safe option. It's not. 
Because in a job, you're at the complete mercy of management changes, industry downturns, marketplace dynamics. I always say, you know, to people, whose hands would you rather place your future in? Those of a large corporate entity who at the end of the day doesn't give a shit about you, or somebody who will always have your best interests at heart, i.e. you. I love it. There's, there's, yeah, I mean, that's really powerful and it's really simple. So yeah, imagine that. And interestingly, um, I think our generation, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm in my late fifties, but I don't think our generation, you're right. We weren't taught that kids today though. There, there are 18 year old entrepreneurs. I mean, I interviewed a 20 year old who created a, a pregnancy device for women based on her mother's experience. She did it at 15 because the world in some cases is a lot more open. Um, you know, as we move along, how do you feel about being a woman in today's world? And I know you've partially answered that, but I'd like to hear more your thoughts on that. Um, I mean, I mean, again, um, I just want to see um, equality for all of us. And so, you know, the world continues to be appallingly unequal. Um, we live in a world where the default setting is always male. I say to men, you have no idea, men, how much happier you would be living and working in a world that was equally informed, influenced, designed and managed by all of us. And so, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I'm just doing everything I can to make that equality happen. Yeah, you are. You're doing an amazing job. And I think that's a, a fantastic, um, it's, I mean, it's, it's a great answer. You're right. It is about equality. And nobody's just quite simply said that. And nobody's necessarily working on that. That is your, it's kind of your business, if you will. Um, like, so I guess the next question is kind of mute because if you could change anything, it would be to make everything equal. But like, if you like give, give some examples of where you think that you could impact equality, you know, so in, in changing uh, the world to make life better for women. Well, first of all, I think it's important that our listeners know that my single-minded focus is on my business, Make Love Not Porn, which is if I ever receive the funding and support it deserves, a massive engine of equality for women. Because what Make Love Not Porn, pro-sex, pro-porn, pro-knowing the difference does, is it gives women sexual agency. We end rape culture by showing you at Make Love Not Porn how wonderful, great consensual communicative sex is in the real world, our social sex videos role model, good sexual values and good sexual behavior. And here's the really important part. We make all of that aspirational versus what you see in porn and popular culture. Yeah, that's it. It's that simple. And when we finally get funded to achieve this mission at scale globally, that is a huge engine for driving equality for women. Well, and I think, you know, um, your site, the, the, the videos are stunning. They're stunning. They're real. They're authentic. They show, they show different ages, different cultures, different, different um, backgrounds. So whether it's LGBTQ, like it's beautiful. You basically destigmatize the, you know, the way we look at, at sex. And I love, you know, ending rape culture. And I think, you know, Speaking to the viewers, you should check out Make Love Not Porn because it really, from just a, I think, 
I think, well, gee, if I were only active, but <laughs> we won't go there right now. But um, but what I would say is it, 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 it's just so beautifully done. You said makes it aspirational, but it also makes it real. It's not so aspirational that it's not attainable. And I love anything to end rape culture, having two daughters, that's something I really worried about. Were they gonna get raped? Were they gonna be in a situation where they couldn't handle something and then would they get pregnant? So, and would they be able to, you know, if necessary, um, do what they had to do? So, um, so moving along, do you, do you feel part of a sisterhood, Cindy? Um, yes, I feel part of a sisterhood with every other woman in the world, absolutely. So talk to me about it. How do you, how do you um, define that for you? Um, just because we all have the same lived experience, which is massively unequal and massively oppressed. And we are all collectively working to change that for all women. Well, you know, I, yeah. I like, it, it's interesting, Cindy, having had 30 conversations so far, it's very interesting the literal interpretations of sisterhood where you have these collection of women in your life and then you add more collections and different collections and you form the sisterhood. Um, what you're speaking about is not just conceptual, it's more than conceptual, um, it's, a, it's more of a visceral feeling. We're all in it together. It's like a unified, and, and so I think that's really beautiful. Um, I have two more questions. I, I'm going to ask, I'm going to switch them up. What, what's your superpower, Cindy, which I think you have lots of superpowers, but what would you say your superpower is? Well, you know, I don't, um, you know, I don't consider this a superpower because it's just um, me, but, you know, I guess for a lot of other women, my superpower would be that I don't give a damn what anybody else thinks. I'm living my life and working my work based on my values and my truth. And I don't care what anybody else thinks of any of that. I think that's a fucking awesome superpower. And it is a superpower, actually. To be able to live that cleanly, that purely tied to your values is a friggin' superpower. Um, I live to mine. They're different. They're probably a little different, but but if every woman lived that way, it would be, we it would be, we'd have a lot happier women, women who felt empowered, who felt felt their power and their strength and recognize the dynamic and, and, and the ability to shut it down if necessary. Um, lastly, um, this is your platform um, to give a message um, to women of all ages. So imagine 18 to 100, all cultures all around the world, and then you know, all backgrounds, LGBTQ, non-binary, um, trans, like what, what is Cindy Gallup? And I know you've done so many interviews at different, this is a slightly different context. So might be the same answer, but what would you want to say to them? Honestly, um, you know, um, it would be very consistent. Um, live your life, not giving a damn what anybody else thinks. And the reason I say that is because um, as women, we need many more role models of women of all ages, of all ethnicities, of all sexualities, of all types, who are living their life, not giving a damn what anybody else thinks. And that is something every single woman out there can do to change life for so many other women. You know, every time a girl, a woman, sees another woman living her life, not giving a damn what anybody else thinks, um, she feels inspired to do the same. 
you know, I was um, blown away by the response back in January of this year to my Style Like You interview, where, you know, I agreed to participate in a wonderful series of interviews that the mother and daughter team behind Style Like You um, operate called What's Underneath, where they ask people to sit on a stool and as they ask some questions to take an item of clothing off, the idea being that you literally and metaphorically strip down to what's underneath. So I took all my clothes off at the age of 62 down to my underwear while talking about how I like to live my life. And I went viral on TikTok. I Gen, Gen Z loves it, you know. Um, awesome. You know, it was awesome. And, and I was blown away by the responses on TikTok, on YouTube, on Instagram. Um, especially many, many young women saying how rare it was to see older female role models, you know, living the life they want to live. And I was especially moved by one comment on Instagram where a woman said, imagine if we'd all grown up seeing and hearing women live and talk like this. Imagine how very different our lives will be now. So that's my message to every woman out there. Live your life not giving a damn what anybody else thinks, because in doing that, you are role modeling that for so many other women and you will change their lives accordingly. Mm. I love that, Cindy. That is a beautiful message. It's so powerful. And um, yeah, you know, it's funny you say role modeling. I mean, I think of that, you know, when I was leading an agency, I thought of my behavior role modeling and of course, raising two children, two daughters and a son, of course, so three children, but my daughters being a woman who who is you know, bold, strong, and all these things with a point of view who, for the most part, doesn't give a damn. I think that sometimes we care, we care sometimes about what people think, which is unfortunately, I think I'm, I'm working towards growing out of that with a lot of, you know, but, um, but I think that that's wonderful because if everybody, if every woman, whatever age they are, could role model and pass that along, um, women would be in, in such a different space. So I think that's a great, a great ending to a really good uh, rapid fire answers because you just had your answers like this and they're really direct. And I think it's fantastic for women to hear this. So thank you so much um, for sharing your perspectives on, on womanhood and your female experiences. Elizabeth, thank you for having me on. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Under the Sisterhood. We hope you will join us next episode to honor amazing women from around the world. This podcast is created and hosted by Under the Sisterhood, LLC, and Elizabeth Elfenbein. Produced by Elizabeth Elfenbein and Zach Slaff, and edited by Zach Slaff. The music is by Ayla Schaefer, her song, Rose.